Final score from Commonwealth Stadium in Edmonton. The Bombers 38, the Elks 29. The Bombers moving to 7-2 on the season. Derek Taylor and Christian Amell joining us for the postgame show. Nine-point Bombers win. Christian, that sounds about right. Well, it seemed like at the end there, if they could have just broke one more runoff, they could have covered the spread. <laughs> it's yeah. insane. And uh, what, what do you say? It was minus four for Edmonton at the half. And I was thinking that, uh, that I think the sportsbooks probably took a real hit tonight because I think live betting on the Bombers was a smart idea because it seemed like they had the workings going into that halftime break. And as I mentioned at the half, we've seen this so many times. We've seen the Bomber defense step up in the second half. We've seen Edmonton, more specifically, just stink up the joint in the second half. And except for that one play where they had the perfect play call against an all-out blitz, what did the Elks do in the second half? Nothing. Dylan Mitchell has that big play, which he may not have actually caught. Yep. And then the very next play, they fumble. And that's such a dagger. But that's what this team does. There's a reason they've lost 22 straight home games now. It's because they're not a very good team. They take a ton of penalties. And they, they were on the field for so much, again, because the offense couldn't stay on the field. And I think emblematic of, of Edmonton's problems, you look at that third down and two play call right at the end. Uh, it's, it's just a weak play call, really, for all that Trey Ford's abilities have done. Trey, Kevin Brown we haven't seen since, you know, 8.15 p.m. tonight. And he gets stuffed at the line. But all credit to the Blue Bombers and what they were able to do. It was 22-0, and the MOP was taken out of the game. And Drew Brown comes in and doesn't miss a beat. The weapons, and Drew Woltarski left the game too. The weapons were outstanding. Drew Brown played very well. The Bombers' offensive line definitely stepped up, and you can see the pass rush of Edmonton, I think, kind of grew tired as the game went along. But Kenny Lawler, that great catch. Oliveira was excellent. And uh, credit to Buck Pierce too, because yes. Drew Brown comes in, and they, they don't really change how they call the game, really. And, and that's a, a big credit to how he's prepared for this opportunity. When he came in against Ottawa last year, that was kind of surprising because we didn't really know much about Drew Brown. But now, having the reps that he has had, he is ready for this moment, and he may have just made himself a decent amount of money for next year. When they let him play with the first team, right, the, the game two years ago, he played a half against Montreal with some backups in the game. The Bombers weren't particularly bothered if they lost. Didn't, didn't show real well. Last year, the road game against BC, a lot of the starters stayed home, didn't show real well. You mentioned the Ottawa game. He comes in in relief last week, throws a touchdown to Dalton Schoen. He looked dynamite in this one. And to go back to your point about what did the Elks do, uh, they got the touchdown on the third drive. It was an eight-play, 77-yard drive. So to start the second quarter, they go four and out, two and out, two and out. They, they just do whatever at the end of the half, so we'll ignore that. Two and out, uh, three and out after the big Dylan Mitchell catch. They immediately fumble it because they're hurrying to get to the line of scrimmage. Uh, they get a touchdown drive on the Kyron Moore. One play. Short, yeah, short pass that ends up in a 70-yard touchdown. Uh, one play interception. Uh, three plays for minus four yards, and they punt. The, the defense had started the turn before the offense got going, and as much as they got hit for two touchdowns early on, the defense turned it on, and there wasn't... All the, all the Elks appeared to kind of have was the the lucky we broke a Demario Houston tackle and the pray that uh, we can get this deep ball going. Yeah, I wouldn't call the Kyron Moore touchdown lucky. I, I mean, he Houston wasn't even close to tackling Moore, and it was a perfect play call. Right? If you want to say it's luck, it's, it's that they, you know, the Bombers have 10 guys basically at the line. And, I, and right before the ball snapped, I thought, uh-oh, they're really sending everybody. And as soon as he throws it out, I'm thinking, Oh, if he breaks his tackle, he's gone. Yeah, he was, he was gone, and that's that was. I thought, oh, maybe Edmonton's not going to roll over, but yeah, they kind of did, right? I mean, if you're going to come back from 22 down, do it against a team that hasn't won now in 22 straight home games. And boy, Edmonton's got a lot of problems. This one's a, a gut punch of a loss for that team, big time. Trey Ford, I, you know, there were moments for sure. He's got a good arm. He's got great legs. Uh, the pick. Uh, that, you know, Moore kind of just sat there and waited and Holm just stepped in front of him. But yeah, uh, it's uh, there's a lot to, to to take away from this game. But I think number one is Drew Brown. Wow, he's ready. He he was on, on very short notice in this one. That's a good one from you on the, uh, the interception that Ford threw. I think a lot of receivers make that a catch. And uh, but uh, Kyron Moore's fading away from the football and it gets picked off, and that's great news for Evan Holm, who got his first interception of the season. Let's run through, run through some of the numbers. 
The final numbers brought to you by JML Renovations. They don't just build a garage, they build your garage. Visit jmlrenovations.ca. Drew Brown, 17 of 24. So what is that? 70% completion rate. 307 passing and four touchdowns. That's a great night for a top-level starter in the Canadian Football League, much less the backup who's forced into action on short notice. That's a great night for Zach Kolaris, yep. right? And he comes in, and, you know, what you want from a backup quarterback is somebody that can do the job, maybe not win the game, but be competent. I think that's what you're looking for, number one, in a backup quarterback, someone that can go in and not lose you the game. But Drew Brown went in and won the game for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers tonight. And it wasn't just, in the first half, it was conservative play calling, I think. I think there was a lot of, like, short little pass plays. The, the protection still hadn't been too great. But once he started to move out of the pocket and create some space for himself, some of the throws weren't perfect spirals. They were a bit wobbly, but they were pretty accurate. And they were just, I mean, athletic plays. There were there was a lot of focus on the TV broadcast tonight about the, the mesh point handoffs he was doing with Oliveira and Dembski compared to how Zach Kolaris would traditionally hand it off, right? There's more of like right. the, the dual threat quarterback. But I'm thinking Drew Brown has never once taken off with the ball, so the mesh point shouldn't, in theory, really be a big deal, right? It, it's going to go to the running back every time, but it seemed like it was working more. Like they were getting big plays on the ground in that uh, second half, and uh, you just you got to be super impressed with Drew Brown and what he's able to do and come in. And that's what you that's like a plus list of of what you'd want from a backup quarterback is what we saw tonight. You could not ask for anything more. Hundred percent agree with that. The touchdown he threw to Lawler. We're going to talk oh. about the touchdown catch by Lawler, but that throw, what a throw. the throw is near perfect. Right on the move. Yeah. No, it was, it was, he, he did that, you know, he he, fought, he rolls out, finds himself space. He does not set his feet. He's yep. on the move. If you take a still photo of the ball being released, he's, I think, entirely off the ground. It's an incredible throw, and, and it's a display of the kind of talent that he has. And, and you wonder when someone has a game like this, kind of like Nick Arbuckle years ago in Calgary, when all of a sudden he's putting up big numbers. We don't know what's going to be the future for Zach Kolaris next week, right? Yep. The fact that he's on the sideline in street clothes seems encouraging, but I I would have to say, Drew Brown, if, if he ever gets called upon again, they have every every confidence that he can deliver. Yeah, that was that was spectacular. It, it was a throw. It was, that throw was one that Kolaris would make in the same way. I don't have to set my feet. Yeah. I just got to get my body right, and I can put it where only my guy can catch it. And, I mean, not everybody can make that catch, but Kenny Lawler with that, one arm being held and holding the defensive back's arm just flares out the left hand. And in, in my mind, I'm like, that Janarian Grant punt return in week two, I think it was against the Riders, was pretty great. This one is going to rival it at the season's end for what was the Blue Bombers' play of the year. My jaw dropped. Like, I, I, my mouth was agape when the play was made. <laughs> it was that kind of play. Because especially context of where mm -hmm. the game is at, right? It's hanging completely in the balance when that play is made. And it gives the team the lead for the first time when they were down 22. But you could just feel it coming. And even after Edmonton scored the more touchdown, the defense was on the field so much. They, they, they scored seven points, but their defense had to go right back out there again for Edmonton. And yep. so... They, that's what that's the story of their season, right? The offense could not do enough, and it's you know they scored twenty nine points tonight. That's way more than usual, but you you know two big play touchdowns. The defense again just could not hold up after they were really really excellent in the first quarter and a half. It, it, it was it was something to observe. I can only imagine uh, what it felt like to be a part of it. Oh wait, the head coach Mike O'Shea is with us. Uh, Mike, congrats on the win and thank you for your time, sir. Yeah, thank you. Uh, just another day at the office for you. Uh, I mean, it, it didn't start well, obviously. Uh, you know, you give up a big play, 65-yard run uh, right off the hop. That's a, there's a lot of mistakes that happen on that play. And then they drove down and punched us in the mouth and scored again. Um, but we still didn't after that. After that, they really only had a couple big plays, uh, one for a touchdown. But it's, you know, it's very pleasing to be on the sideline and watching the guys just go through the process and just keep focused. You know, nobody's not a lot of idle chatter, not a lot of false chatter. It's just 
sportsmanlike, which is uh, which is pretty cool. You know, good lesson to learn. There are a million storylines uh, from this one, but uh, I'll ask it and then please tell me whatever you, whatever you feel like. How is Zach Kolaris doing? Uh, he's good. He's good. Upper body injury. We'll see. You know, got to evaluate him a little further, obviously. All right, we will we will await those uh, reports as uh, you get back to practice. Uh, Drew Brown's performance in this game, we talked about it, 300-plus yards and four touchdowns. How impressed were you with what Drew Brown was able to help do tonight? Yeah, he, he's been excellent, you know. He's, he's been a big part of this for a couple years now and just been learning. And, you know, when, when you get your number called, you got to go in and perform, and he did that and more. Uh, I'm going to editorialize with this question, and I won't really apologize for it. How the hit on Kalars? How is that not a penalty on Coney Ely? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. The the not called initially, and and you did challenge that, and it was it was determined. Did the officials say anything to you about why it was not? Uh, they said that he braced himself and didn't land, didn't really didn't hit hit him in the head and didn't land on him full force. Like he, he said he tried to avoid it, but, you know, obviously I disagree with that because I challenged it. That's interesting criteria for trying to avoid it. doesn't matter in, in other uh, circumstances. Um, Kenny Lawler's catch in the back of the end zone yeah. uh, that that ultimately gave you the lead, uh, That's I guess that's just Kenny, hey? Well, in uh, in the pregame warm-up, like when we're doing our team warm-up, he runs the route, they throw him a ball, he caught it by the tip in the back of the end zone, one-handed, reaching back behind him. And uh, that ball, that wasn't like that, but another one-handed catch with a guy on him. Uh, you know, for hand-fighting, that was an amazing catch. It, it blew my mind. It's, it's one of the biggest screams I've ever had up here in the booth. Uh, you get the touchdown to go up 30-29, but you kick the cover and not go for two. Why, why not go for two to make it a three-point game in that case? We lost the time, and we have, we have the win. So we're going we're gonna to get another point at some point. Lots of time. We got the win. I'm not, let's just keep the momentum going. You know, there's no, there's no rush for points right there. Makes sense. Uh, and uh, we were, I'm going to ask you to brag about Buck Pierce for a moment. The, the play call that ends up in the Brady Oliveira touchdown looked like Edmonton was anticipating, oh, they're just going to run the ball, and Buck slips one out to Brady Oliveira. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Buck's, Buck's spot on. I'm telling you what. He, he works so damn hard on a daily basis to make sure the guys are being put in good positions. And he's smart, obviously. And the guys relate to him very well. So it's uh, yeah, it's awesome to watch him. It was it was super impressive. Uh, it's it started in uh, unconventional fashion, but you got to one and zero. Coach, thank you for your time and, and uh, congratulations on the win. Yeah, thank you. He's the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Nice enough to join us in the post game show. We welcome back in Christian Amell as we wait to talk to the star quarterback. Drew Brown, a Brady Oliveira, 14 catches for, uh, pardon me, 14 rushes for 110 yards. They ran Dembski from running back four times for 34 more yards. Oliveira had a really impressive uh, blitz pickup as well that I remember off the top of my head. Just, uh, just Christian, another another great Brady Oliveira performance from the league's leading rusher. Yeah, he's turned himself into maybe the best running back in the in the CFL traditional running back, right? Not, he's just a bruiser and. I don't know about you, but you could have, uh, you know, just Photoshop 33 onto that, and it kind of, you know, you wouldn't, you'd be fooled some nights from the style of running that he has. And this offensive line obviously is a big part of that, right? This offensive line that is, has had some questions about it throughout the season, and they're even, you know, the first quarter tonight was rough. But when this team, it's, it's not even when they get up by 20 and he runs over people and ices the game away. He was doing it when they were down. By multiple scores tonight, and credit to Buck Pierce for not panicking with how much time was left and still going with their game plan. But Brady Oliveira was awesome again tonight. He runs so hard, and as the game goes by and as the defense wears down, boy, it must just get so dispiriting to go up against a guy that's just looking to run you over every time he has the ball. They started that one drive with, what was it, 11.39 to 11.36 to go at 12 plays, 96-yard drive. And they killed eight minutes and 25 seconds before they gave gave back to the uh, the, the Elks, which is it was against Calgary. They did some of that. Like that is that is blue the Blue Bombers' fourth quarter offense at its finest. There, 
Absolutely. And there was a first and 30. <laughs> there was a first and 30. Like, exactly. that just cannot happen if you're Edmonton. A first and 30, a second and 20. And that's another great play by Drew Brown to stretch along the line of scrimmage. The pass rush is tired at this point. And Rashid Bailey just finds a spot. It, and that kept happening over and over again. Receivers would find spots. And the scramble drill, the Bombers executed to perfection tonight over and over and over again. Uh, except for, you know, the Kolaris play where he ends up uh, getting hurt. But, yep. wow, it just... There's so many plays you look back on and think, wow, a great by the Bombers, and wow, Edmonton just, there's a reason they're 0-9. Yeah. Rashid Bailey, we, we, I talked about one of my keys to the game was all the receivers need some love. Rashid Bailey, 5 for 85. He gets love in this game. Nick Dembski, touchdown on the corner route, 3 for 61. Dalton Schoen, 3 for 45 and 1. Kenny Lawler, 7 targets, 2 catches. I thought, I, I'm curious if you saw, if you thought the same thing watching it. I thought there were points where I looked at I looked at Lawler and thought uh, there might be frustration building in there. Obviously, that all evaporates when he makes one of the catches of the year. But seven targets and two catches uh, had to be maybe a little frustrating before he gets that touchdown. I think so. I think that's human nature, right? And and especially the human nature of a of a top notch wide receiver, right? They want the ball always. And on a team where there's a lot of people that can catch the ball, you I think you know you have to you know not be the guy that's going to catch 10 times a game. It's going to be spread out, but to have only one catch going into that point, I'm sure it was frustrating because he expects a lot coming after last week's game and the Edmonton defense had done a decent job on him. Give it credit. But then he goes out and makes that play and that's all anyone's going to remember from this game from Kenny Lawler. My goodness, it is something to remember uh, from Kenny Lawler for sure. Let's go back uh, down to the locker room and welcome in the quarterback, Drew Brown. Uh, Drew, uh, congrats on the win and thanks for your time, sir. Appreciate you guys having me. Uh, anything cool happened to you at work today? <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty fun. Work was fun today. Uh, what when they said you're going in? What what's what's your feeling in in that moment? Uh, I mean, I think the feeling is like, okay, this is a this is an opportunity uh, to help this team, you know, and it's an opportunity for you to do something that you love to do. Um, and I knew that all of it was possible because I got great guys around me. Um, we all prepare really hard. Um, we, you know, we talk through scenarios. We're, we're all involved in what goes on. Um, and the process that I have, you know, weekly is, you know, pretty much um, the same every week. Uh, and it's, it's gotten me this far. Uh, so you don't feel any type of like anxiety. You feel some uh, you feel some excitement, um, but you just it's really cool to be able to you know maybe instead of make an impact during the week in preparation, make an impact on the field uh, on game day. Um, it's a it's a pretty pretty cool feeling. Uh, Ed Tate was up in the in the booth with me, and he made the point after you threw the first touchdown that of the seven touchdowns you'd thrown to that. Point five had gone to Dalton Schoen uh, in your career. Is there, is there something you and Dalton Schoen kind of have? Uh, I mean, I think that Dalton's an easy guy for a quarterback to to like being around. The, the thing with this team is you have five or six guys that understand uh, what the quarterback wants. Um, and that's, that's honestly a testament to those guys. Uh, their desire to understand you know what we're thinking um and what they need to do versus certain looks um there's a lot of time that goes into that um but i think you know dalton is a guy that i uh you know i got to work with quite a bit last year because he was running in my group and i got to play with him in the preseason and um you know i just we created a bond pretty quickly um both being you know big 12 guys and you know talking talking some smack about Oklahoma State and Kansas State giving each other a hard time uh, but you know he's, he's, he's a great guy to be around you know he's one of my my good buddies on the team and you know he makes my job a lot easier as do the other guys on the field so the the touchdown pass to Kenny Lawler uh, did you realize immediately that he caught it please tell me uh, everything you can about that play because wow was it something to watch from from everybody <clears throat> uh, I kind of just, as I was rolling out, I threw it. Um, it looked like it was one-on-one. 
Um, and they kind of covered Rashid in the flat. And, you know, it's one of those things with any five of the guys we got, if it's one-on-one, I'm going to put it up. Uh, it's something that, that's something that, you know, Zach's kind of taught me is giving our guys a chance. Um, and, you know, I put the ball up and I lost sight of him because some one of the defenders was in front of me and I kind of saw them go to the ground, but I, I had no idea. I haven't seen it yet. I'm looking forward to going back in the locker room after this and checking it out because that's, that's a lot of what I've been hearing about. <laughs> It was it was unbelievable. Uh, from from your end of that, like you're scrambling out to your right and buying time, and your your feet aren't set. But I feel like there's things that quarterbacks do to kind of Zach does it too. Like your feet aren't set, like you know they taught me in ninth in ninth grade football. But your body's in the right position to make a throw to where only Kenny can catch it. Is that like, you're even though your feet aren't set, that's not a real big deal. It doesn't feel like. Yeah, I mean, I think at, at this level um that's obnoxious um (laughs) i think at at this level especially kind of the guys that we have um we do a good job of you know throwing off platform and from different spots on the field um you know and it's it's honestly been a joy to to learn from zach and and watch him work and, and mess around with things with him at practice um and just watch him wheel and deal every freaking game uh, so it's, it's a lot of fun. You know, we, we got some inside things that we talk about on the sidelines. Just, uh, you know, I think it's one of those things like you're playing at this level. You're that kind of guy that, that can move around a little bit. Um, you're comfortable making those throws. Yeah, very much so. Uh, just two more. Uh, you guys were first and 30 and ended up converting a second and 20, which does not happen every day. Uh, that was to Rashid Bailey, if I'm not mistaken, going away from the Jumbotron. Yeah, that was uh, kind of a play that broke down a little bit. Um, and, you know, all, I, I sound like a broken record. All of our guys do well in, in the scramble drill. Um, you know, she, Rashid's able to kind of find that soft spot there. Um, I didn't throw a great ball, um, and he just was able to make a play. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would, I would venture to guess a lot of conversions on second and extra happen, you know, when the quarterback extends plays just cause they're usually dropping nine. Um, and there's not a lot of things in the playbook to convert those things. So a lot of times, you know, extending the play is kind of the, the thing you have to do there, um, because everybody's covered. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then just one final one. I was extolling the virtues of uh, Buck Pierce on the Brady Oliveira touchdown at the very end. It looked like Edmonton was selling out for the run and then whoop, you just go out the side. Yeah. I mean, it was a great call. Uh, it was a really good field call. Um, you know, we, we rep that play so many times. Uh, it's something that we do well. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was perfect time, perfect situation. Brady was able to, to catch it and, and do a thing um you know it was it was kind of one of those things when when they walk up into that you're kind of like okay this this is a pretty good situation here um you know it's uh it's really impressive and, and really awesome job by brady to get to not uh you know to avoid contact as he gets through there sometimes those guys are trying to hit him and, and grab him but they were they were selling out for it so it was a great call i mean he called a great game tonight uh, i appreciate everything that that he's done for me the last few years and same with Zach, same with Dakota. Um, it's just a really good, really good locker room to be in. Uh, Drew, uh, congrats on the win and thanks for giving us so much time here in the post game show, man. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate you guys having me. He's a Drew Brown, the quarterback of the Blue Bombers, 17 to 24, 307 and four touchdowns as the Bombers come from 22 points down as uh, Ed Tate had mentioned. The largest comeback, Christian, for the Bombers since 1994. And it was with uh, quarterback number two who was ready to be number one. Yeah, it's... it's, it's the more you think about it, the more incredible it is that this, this happened tonight, right? It's, it's, a, it's a huge deficit. And, all right, Drew Brown, backup quarterback, you haven't played a whole lot in your career. Go on in there and lead us to victory. But there was so much time left, right? Yeah. And and you, so you look at the two teams. Yeah, Kolaris is out. But this team has still got a lot of talent on it. They're, they're built top to bottom better than the Edmonton Elks are, right? And 
we if if they were down twenty two nothing to I think any other team in the CFL, I wonder if they come back. But you know, it's Edmonton, and they're not very good. And they, what happened tonight kind of is what we've seen from them a lot this year. But that shouldn't take anything away from from the Blue Bombers and a championship team that does not panic whatsoever being down three touchdowns early. Incredible, incredible performance. We'll go back down to the locker room and welcome in the running back, Brady Oliveira. Brady, congratulations on the win, and thanks for giving us some time. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, guys. Uh, when you were down 22 nothing, what were your emotions? I was fine, man. I mean, I had, you know, the utmost belief in the football team, and being real right now, I, I had no worries at all. I knew uh, it, we had lots of time on the clock. It's uh, lots of football left to be played, and, uh, yeah, I knew that we were going to go out there and execute, and we are going to be just fine. Can you can you describe? I mean, the experiences that you had that that leads you to not be not be concerned about being down three scores so early. Like, what what have you been through with this team that leads you to not not be worried about that at all? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, obviously, with this being a veteran team, you look at the last couple of years having to play from behind and and win some you know close games and tight games. So, I think that for sure. And then uh, you know, in today's football game, obviously, just uh, knowing that you know things were working, uh, they couldn't stop certain things. So. With that being said, we knew there was so much time left on the clock in this football game, and we knew that we're going to continue to stick with what's working, and they couldn't stop it. And we did that, and that's why we knew that you know we had the utmost belief and that we were going to go out there and win the football game. Even without Zach Kalaris, how did you feel uh, Zach's down and Drew Brown's coming in? Yeah, it was exciting. Uh, I mean, obviously, Zach going down wasn't exciting. It was exciting seeing Drew in and uh, you know seeing all the work that he puts in. You know, that guy's the true student of the game. Uh, he eats, breathes, sleeps football. Um, so seeing him in there and going out there and executing the game plan and, and being poised, and uh, it, was, it was great to see. I mean, he, he had the guy in front of him that he, he's able to learn from. And, um, yeah, I'm just very happy for, for Drew going in there and, and leading this football team to a victory tonight. Yeah, four touchdown passes from Drew Brown. In the early stages of this game, Edmonton's defense w- seemed to be up on your pass game, uh, but the, you, you and the run game were, were really effective right from the beginning. What, what do you? Be- that's my perception. Uh, what, what do you believe about that? Why, why, why that was the case? Yeah, I mean, look, we, uh, we know that if we want to you know, go out there and, and, and be explosive on offense and open up the playbook, that we know we're going to stick with the run and, and get that going and know that when we do that, it, it allows us to go out there and, 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 and throw the ball downfield. And I think you saw that as the game went on. Um, the offensive line did a tremendous job tonight in, in the pass game and in the run game, blocking downfield. And uh, I was talking to Patty Neufeld after the game, and, you know, one word he said, we were just in sync the whole game, and we had so much chemistry. And that's, you know, the O-line and me as a running back, I mean, we're on the same page all night and, and you're able to see us, you know, them open up holes for me and be able to get to the second level. So that allowed us to open up the pass game and go out there and score touchdowns. Uh, your touchdown play. I, I just, I just watched that play and thought, what an incredible play call. Please, please tell me uh, when you, when you know the play call and you see Edmonton stack the line of scrimmage, what are you thinking in that moment? Yeah, I was excited. It was definitely a, a good play call to, you know, throw him off guard a little bit with that call. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I saw two people off the edge in my face right away. And I, to be honest, I, I didn't know if I was going to be able to get out clean. Um, I know if I got hung up there, the place probably dead. So I, I really needed to find a way to, to get clean with two off the edge and right in my face. So, um, and, and Drew, I mean, with pressure in his face, he made a great throw and hung it up there. And I was able to, you know, come down with the ball and, and go make a play. So, uh, you know, Buck Pierce called a great game. Um, today, uh, he puts always a great, great week of prep together and allows us to go out there and, and, and make plays and win football games. It was it was a roller coaster to be watching it. How, what what are your feelings now, looking back on the sixty minutes and looking back at you know a, another win and now seven and two on the season? Oh man, I'm drained. I went out there and spent <laughs> spent it all, and uh, that's the only way you should play this football game. Uh, you got to go out there and battle. Um, Physically, give it your all. Emotionally, you know everything. Um, I'm spent right now. There was uh, obviously a roller coaster of a game, uh, playing from behind, and uh, yeah, um, we battled out there tonight. So I'm definitely spent. But like I said, this is how you want to play these uh, this, this sport. You know, you got to go out there and, and give it your all, bang heads, and and battle. Well, uh, Brady, thank you for everything you did tonight, and thanks for giving us time in the post game show here. Thank you so much.
He is Brady Oliveira, the Bombers running back, 14 for 110, and then add in two receptions for 20 more yards and one touchdown as the Bombers beat the Elks 38 to 29. And Christian, I'm sure there's six moments in the game that I've forgotten because they were outdone by seven other moments and just... Uh, Tate's leaving the. I don't know if I'm going to keep this story under 3,000 words on bluebombers.com because so much happens that you, you can't, you just can't figure it all out. Can't talk about it all. Yeah, when the Elks lose to the Riders 12 11, there's not a lot to write about, right? There's some field goals and the Rouge, and that's about it. But in a game like this, where, yeah, I mean, I've watched every CFL game this year for the most part, not entirely but at least on pvr kind of flipping through them and eventful is definitely a word to describe this one here tonight first of all a lot of points right and whether the whenever there's a lot of scoring i think uh, a recap takes longer to write but it's just how it all went down with the injury to Kolaris, the big comeback and the the quality of the the plays that the blue bombers made is wasn't it wasn't uh you know, a run-of-the-mill game. There were huge plays for the Elks, and the Bombers just moved their way down the field, and it was just a, a memorable game, no doubt about it. And I think we're going to call it the Drew Brown game, are we not? Yeah, we are. Yeah, if if uh, if he hadn't thrown 304-0, we might think of it as the Kenny Lawler one with that catch. But, yeah, no, that's the Drew Brown game. I'm with you. Yeah, that there's no doubt. When a backup quarterback comes in and, and does that, it's just... It's remarkable, and it, it, we well, could see Kolaris back out there again next week, and, and Brown might play again in week 20, but who knows? Yeah, and I mean, I just dive into football history, and I go, I remember Rob Johnson, the old Buffalo Bills quarterback, getting $25 bucks because he played one great game for the Jacksonville Matt Flynn, baby. Jaguars. Matt Flynn. Come on. Nick Arbuckle played a couple games for Calgary in that 2019 season and ended up becoming, you know, ultimately a millionaire. It, you said it earlier. It's That's not overstating it to go in a league where there are not a lot of teams that are solid at quarterback. Drew Brown in what must be the final year of his deal to mm-hmm. have this performance. I mean, I, I hope it doesn't mean he leaves the Bombers one day, but if he does, he that was that was the performance that gets you paid. It does, and if you're if you want to be a, a studier of history, you would look back and say how much did those those all contracts work out? Because you know Drew Brown has put in so much work, and he he's a really talented quarterback. But you can't remove him from the team he plays for and the people calling his plays too, right? It all works in concert with one another. So if you just pluck him and put him somewhere else, he might succeed. But he's not throwing to Kenny Lawler. He's not throwing to Rashid Bailey. He's not handing it off to Brady Oliveira. Buck Pierce isn't calling the plays. So I don't know how it would work elsewhere. That's a, a bridge to cross for sure on a different date. But for now, yeah, he's a guy that fits super well in this in this lineup, in this system, made it full or took full advantage of his opportunity, took full advantage of the weapons he had to play with, and just a, a fantastic performance tonight. Some of the other uh, ones to note, Adam Hill six tackles. Evan Holm had his first interception of the season. Jake Thomas with his third sack of the season. Nick Hallett, four special teams tackles. And on and on. Jackson Jeffcoat forced a fumble and recovered said fumble after the big play to Dylan Mitchell, I believe it was. Uh, yeah. A lot of performances uh, may get lost in the old memory banks, but this was one for the ages, the Bombers. 38-29 winners when they trailed 22 to nothing. The final numbers brought to you by JML Renovations. They don't just build a garage, they build your garage. Visit jmlrenovations.ca. It's 11.33. we got to catch up on some breaks, so we will return to Commonwealth Stadium. It's Princess Auto, Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. The start. Right now, my kids are working mostly part-time. And guess what? It takes just as long for them to get to work and get home, no matter how long the shift is. And they have to wash their clothes and their uniform and get ready, whether they're working three hours or eight hours. And so the idea of not having to do those things five times in a week and just doing them four is attractive to a lot of people. That goes aside of all the other benefits. The start, weekday mornings, 6 to 10. Are you ready? 
The 2023 Toulon International Truck and Tractor Pull has arrived, and it's overflowing with adrenaline-soaked mayhem. On August 12th and 13th, see pro stock units, antique tractors, stock 4x4 trucks, fuel and alcohol-injected multi-engine tractors, and more. Plus, great food and tons of family fun. The Toulon International Truck and Tractor Pull this weekend. Proudly sponsored by Taraco, Southern Manitoba's agricultural crop input specialists. Service from the ground up. Online at terraco.ca. The healthcare you need when you need it. That's Protoclinic, the first private medical facility of its kind in Manitoba. Experienced physicians give your wellness the time and attention it deserves with a comprehensive health assessment. More than a physical, this head-to-toe screening is an in-depth look at your current health and potential future issues with a plan to improve your quality and length of life. Be there for your loved ones longer. Stop reacting. Get proactive about your health. Contact protoclinic.ca. The healthcare you need when you need it. Black Pearl Coffee, Smack Dab Mustard, Ramsey Zed, Food Fair, Romaine, Leaf Lettuce, Pure Manitoba Honey, Fresh Dill, Beet Bunches, Radishes, Corn on the Cob, Carrots, Bothwell Cheese, Mom's Pierogies, All Natural Free Range Chickens, Tenderloin Meats, Rolled Naked Oats, Baby Red Potatoes, Kale. What do all these have in common? They're all Manitoba products. Proud to support local. Food Fair, with five neighborhood family owned locations. Winnipeg Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. The postgame show brought to you by Olympic Building Center, where you build with confidence. As we get underway, the Bombers looking to hold on to first place in the West Division. Follow up that win over BC with a win over the Edmonton Elks. Castillo's kick is up. And it'll be C.J. Sims settling under it. Actually, it's taken away from him by his fellow returner. 25, 30, 35. It's Gavin Cobb at the 40 and the 45. He's brought down there by Nick Hallett, University of Manitoba's Gavin Cobb. And they will run it with Kevin Brown for his nice hold. 50, 55. Look at Brown go. 40, 35, 30. Kevin Brown is going to the end zone for the touchdown. Opening play of the game. A handoff to Kevin Brown and he scores a 65-yard touchdown. Six men will rush. Free is Dietrich Nichols off the side. Ford spins and loses some 50. 45-40, got the first down, 30, and out of bounds at the 25-yard line. Dietrich Nichols blitzing off the left. Ford did the Cody Fajardo spin out, and it's an Elks first down. Second and four from the Bombers' eight-yard line. Big Hill's on the line of scrimmage. They're gonna rush five. Ford has to scramble out to his right, 10, five. Trey Ford's gonna score. Trey Ford, in his season debut, scrambles out of the pocket, getting high fives from everybody on the sideline as the Elks take a 14-0 lead. Fake it to Dembski. Kolaris looking downfield, now pressure in his face. Spins off it, but he's going to flip it forward. Interception, and it's going to go for a touchdown. Kolaris is trying to make a play, but he flipped it right to Luchez Purifoy, and it is 21-0 Elks. And Caleros is down, 42. Brown's got time across the middle. Oh, whacked by the safety is Dalton Schoen. Marla Sean Franklin read that beautifully. Got Schoen at what looked like exactly the right second to force the incompletion. Brown trying to get there, and he fumbled the ball. Bombers are saying it's their ball. The Elks went very quickly as if they thought that one might be challenged, and Brown turns it over. The Bombers offense back on the field after Kevin Brown's fumble. Jackson Jeffcoat came up with it. And then Blue Bombers football with 9.44 to go in the third quarter. Brown straight drop, flag down, pre-snap. Brown to the end zone for Dembski coming open. And he's got it for the touchdown. Nick Dembski corner route, touchdown. And pending a flag, it's 22-16. Offside, Edmonton number six. That penalty be declined. Result of the play is a touchdown. Couple of fakes, Brown on a roll. He's got shown in the end zone. Ed Ganey mugs him, flagged down in the area of pass interference as Dalton Schoen is wreaking some havoc on this Elks defensive backfield. And it's Dakota Prukop into the end zone for the touchdown. Dakota Prukop with the touchdown. The Bombers answer right back and it's 27 23 with just under 40 seconds to go here in the third quarter he's going to drop back on first and 10 
And he wants to whip it downfield, the deep out route. Is that picked off by Evan Holm? It is! He stepped in front of Kyron Moore and Evan Holm, who talked earlier in the season about, I would love to turn all these knockdowns into turnovers, has turned the tide of this game on the final play of the third quarter. Back to your point on the just a second ago, Derek, about the Elks covering. Drew Brown's got to get into a motion, uh, rhythm here. He's got to get Kenny Lawler more involved. Got to got to find some people downfield. He's had decent numbers. Brown wants the end zone. He's going to throw it up. For Lawler, did he one-hand that in the back? Oh, my goodness! Kenny Lawler quarter. The defender is all over him, eating up his right arm. Lawler just sticks out his left hand and makes an unbelievable catch. And the Bombers have a one-point lead. First to 10, Elks will bring the blitz. Play action to Dembski. Jump pass, Oliveira's open, 20, 15, 10. Oliveira's going to drop his head for the touchdown. What a play by Drew Brown to read the blitz, dump it to Oliveira, and the Bombers are up 37 to 29 as the Winnipeg Blue Bombers come from 22 down to win a game on the road. 38-29 behind quarterback Drew Brown. That was crazy. Those are the sounds of the game, a Braden Owasco production. Yeah, that's uh, that pretty much uh, captures it, Christian. That was not that was full of huge plays, uh, offensively, defensively, and the like. And I just I can't believe they got in a 22-point hole and were not concerned about it at all. I might set a record for longest sounds of the game segment, but it didn't. It didn't feel like it was dragging. It just so much happened, in in the same vein of Ed Tate's post game recap is going to take forever. That one was a lengthy one too, and a great call on the uh, Kenny Lawler touchdown. That was good. That was really good. I'll uh, maybe use that entire sounds of the game as my first segment on the sports show tomorrow night. But wow, that was. Uh, just a just a wild football game and a reminder, I think, of just why we love doing what we do because you can do, you know, you followed CFL for, for decades, Ed Tate longer than that, and, and you get to see something that you just haven't seen really before in a, in, a, in a crazy confluence of events with a backup quarterback coming in and the kind of plays that they have to make, and Edmonton's got this gigantic elephant in the room of a 21 game home losing streak, which is just an unconscionable home losing streak in a, in the sport of football. Mm -hmm. And, and it, and it grows right. A 22 point lead and they blew it. Right. And wow. It's, it's a memorable one. The bombers go to seven and two. It would have been a really bad loss for them, uh, but they, they come back and they win almost handily because they never panicked. Never even uh, a little bit, it, it would have appeared. And there are a lot of other teams that would look from the outside and go, well, if you guys had to be on your backup quarterback, speaking to the Bombers, if you guys had to be on your backup quarterback like we are, and that could be BC, it could be obviously Edmonton, it could be Sask, it could be Hamilton's on its third, Ottawa's on its fourth. If you guys didn't have Kolaris, well, uh, for, at least for the night, they were pretty okay with, with Drew Brown in there running four touchdowns on the board. Well, we saw Toronto, the other you know mm. top team. Good call. They lost Ch Chad Kelly against Calgary and had absolutely nothing, right? And and Dukes Dukes is new, right? He's brand new to the CFL. Brown has a lot more time with the system under his belt, but right, they Toronto just wilted away and had nothing without Chad Kelly. And Winnipeg looked like almost no different with Brown in there. And, and I, I wish that was that was an overstatement, and it, it just it really isn't because the the plays like Kolaris would make, Brown is making some of those as well. And I mean, Zach's the best player in the CFL, but mm -hmm. uh, Brown looked like the best player in the CFL in this game, which is a testament to him and the coaches and the rest of that offense and and everybody else. It was super duper impressive. The drive of the game brought to you by Chuds Chrysler and Power Sports. Take the relaxing drive out to Gimli to make your next automotive or power sports purchase. It'll be a game changer. Uh, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first on the drive of the game? You can take it because I'm probably going to agree with you. So Drew Brown's in the game. They get the ball with 7.36 left in the second quarter on their own 25-yard line. Seven plays, 85 yards, uh, and a uh, touchdown for the Bombers. And you go, oh, okay, well, that's uh, that's going to be really good. <laughs> that's going to work real well for them. It, it just brought some kind of 
hope into the game. Why does it say they had two touchdowns in the first half? Because that's not what happened. Wait, what? Game. The CFL stats are wrong? Yeah, that's that's confusing. That was the opening touchdown of the game, right? The 85-yard touchdown drive to make, yeah, those would be their first points of the game. Oh, the intercept, maybe the interception for touchdown is what it's trying to indicate here. But that was their first touchdown of the game, 22-7, to and you went, oh, okay, this, this, it's a 15-point game, and I'm still moderately uncomfortable as a fan, but... There, this this is going to breathe some life in, into this. And obviously, the Lawler touchdown was unbelievable and on and on. But Drew Brown goes out there and against, it's not the worst. You know, the Elks front is nothing to sneeze at. A.C. Leonard was getting pressure and Jake Ceresna was causing problems in this game in spots. And for Brown to go out there and drive, a, you know, an 85-yard touchdown drive on seven plays, uh, to me, that was the one. If you wanted to say the field goal drive because, hey, now it's a two-score game going into halftime, I get that too. But for me, it's that first Drew Brown touchdown drive. Yeah, I think you've converted. I was going to say the go-ahead drive just because they uh, it's its the one that swings it around. But at that point, it feels like the snowball's going down the mountain and it's not going to be stopped. Like the Bombers, are, it, it felt almost inevitable at that point. They still had to get it done, but... When it's 22 nothing, I'm trying to think of, of what I'm going to say at halftime, and I'm thinking, this is an abject disaster. It is a complete catastrophe. And then Drew Brown comes in, and it's like, no, actually, it's going to be okay. And, and I remember at halftime, they were down by 12, but we were feeling, all three of us, kind of optimistic about their prospects going into the second half, and that proved to be justified because of the fact that Drew Brown came in. And, and I think if he comes in and... It's 22 nothing at the half, mm-hmm. which obviously telling a different story. But to go out there and, and really look very comfortable, it was a sign of things to come. And and, and two, two good drives. One obviously ends up in a field goal, but two promising drives. The defense of Edmonton still looked pretty solid, but there were some gaps starting to show. And those gaps became pretty pretty big holes as that second half went along. So, yeah, I'll... Yeah, I'll just go with you. You'll yeah. co-sign on that one. Sure. Uh, don't don't tell Greg Mackling this, but when they get the Dakota Prukop touchdown in the commercial break, I turned to Ed Tate and went, okay, so the Bombers are going to win this game. They were down <laughs> 29-25, or 29-24 at that point. Uh, but uh, I said, turned to Ed Tate. I'm like, yeah, they're going to win this football game. And uh, so just don't tell G-Mac that because so he, he hates it when wise, I do that stuff. Fantasy-wise, I, I picked Dakota Prukop. Obviously, he didn't do much other than a rushing touchdown. But is that you know is that still decent because he got a touchdown? That's, decent pick. That's six points for a, a quarterback who you know you, you got for pretty cheap. Had you nobody taken, had Drew Brown. So. Yeah, had you taken Drew Brown, that would have been pretty uh, pretty great. But uh, why why would anyone have done that? If you did, hit us up, uh, hit me up at DTNOB because you are a damn genius, and I want to know who you are. Uh, the drive of the game brought to you by Chuds Chrysler and Power Sports. Take the relaxing drive out to Gimli to make your next automotive or power sports purchase. It'll be a game changer. We'll continue in Edmonton on the other side with the hardest hit of the game and more. The Bombers, a nine-point winner going to 7-2 and two on the season with the win over the Elks. It's Princess Auto Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. Jets. I've never been traded before, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, I'm super excited to be a Jet. Bombers. And he's going to the 25, 15, 10 goals that showed is going to score. And we talk a good game, too, on the CJOB Sports Show. Team Manitoba coached first time since 2010 that Manitoba brings home the gold medal, and Ed joins us now. And Jets at noon. Josh Morrissey, Jim Toth, is he going up or is he going down in points? I don't think he gets 76 points this year. Okay. We cover Winnipeg sports on CJOB. The Salvation Army, serving the community all year round with food security programs, emergency shelter, literacy and employment programs, and more. To get involved or make a donation, visit SalvationArmy.ca. Giving hope today. Sounds of the Game, brought to you by PlayNow.com. He took a brutal shot from the safety and held on instant field position. 25, 15, 10 goals that showed is going to score! Bet on blue at PlayNow.com. Enjoy responsibly. You know that capable person who knows the right way to do stuff, has the right tools for every job, and is willing to lend them to you? That's who Princess Auto proudly calls a customer. That handy neighbor who jumps in whenever anyone's moving, building, or fixing something? Yep, that's a Princess Auto customer. That expert who's always taking something apart or powering something up? 
Yep, Princess Auto customer. Thanks for being a customer. Princess Auto. Blue Bomber Football. Ideas. Tools. The highest standards of broadcasting. It's what we strive for every minute of the day. Living up to your expectations is our goal, our obligation. And as members of the Canadian Broadcast Standards Council, our promise is to be accountable. Have a comment to make about our programming? Visit cbsc.ca to find information on the council and its codes. A message from the Canadian Association of Broadcasters and 680 CJOB. Winnipeg Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. The postgame show brought to you by Olympic Building Center, where you build with confidence. 38-29, the Bombers a winner over the Edmonton Elks in an incredibly exciting game here from Commonwealth Stadium. Let's do the hardest hit of the game brought to you by Vernas Auto Body. For collision repairs, no one takes the ball and runs with it like Vernas Auto Body. And unfortunately for Dalton Schoen, he was a, once again a participant in the hardest hit of the game. It sounded like this. 42, Brown's got time across the middle. Oh, whacked by the safety is Dalton Schoen. Marla Sean Franklin read that beautifully got shown at what looked like exactly the right second to force the incompletion. Marla Sean Franklin laying out some some hits in this game. It was Marcus Lewis in the first meeting that was dishing them out. But uh, it's a Chris Jones football team and a Chris Jones defense, Christian. And, man, those guys can bring the lumber. Oh. Yep, no, I don't. I can't disagree with that. There were some other ones. I think uh, it was maybe Mitchell that had the block downfield on Brandon Alexander on the Kevin Brown touchdown run right off the bat. That was a pretty good one. And I think B.A. had a good stick in the, in the middle on Brown after like a seven-yard gain. But yep. to, to, to execute that play on Schoen without taking a penalty is not easy. So I, I think that's a good pick. Well, Dalton took a pop in the first Elks game. I believe it was the Elks game where he ended up missing the the rest of the third quarter mm. and the fourth yep. quarter. He took a shot catching the touchdown pass from Brown last week. Like... Dalton's, he's not the biggest dude, but he's, you know, 6'2 and solid. And he needs to be with some of the spots he's willing to put himself into. So props to uh, Dalton shown for that. He gets now his fifth touchdown of the season. Nick Dembski has five. Uh, Drew Walatarski, we hope to get some updates in the coming days on his condition as he left the game with an injury after taking a pop from one of the Elks uh, defensive backs, linebackers, I forget exactly who it was, but some real hard hits in this game, and they're brought to you by Vernas Auto Body. For collision repairs, no one takes the ball and runs with it like Vernas Auto Body. We'll duck back to, back to break quickly, and Christian and I will wrap things up and preview next week's game. The Bombers return to Alberta to take on the Calgary Stampeders. We'll talk about that next. It's Princess Auto Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. Just before he was hanged, a prospector accused of murder sets a curse on anyone searching for his hidden gold. I'm Crew Williams, the host of the Dead Man's Curse, Slumox Gold Podcast, inviting you to join us on our journey inside this 150-year-old mystery as we sort fact from fiction. Listen to all 12 episodes from Season 1 right now. Search for and follow Dead Man's Curse, Slumox Gold, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Celebrating 25 years of standing ovations, Michael Flatley's Lord of the Dance is returning to Winnipeg's Burton Cummings Theatre on November 1st for one night only. Don't miss your chance to experience the phenomenon. Tickets for the 25th anniversary of Lord of the Dance start at just $39.50 plus fees and go on sale this Friday at Ticketmaster.ca. Michael Flatley's Lord of the Dance 25th anniversary celebration, November 1st at Burton Cummings Theatre, presented by Joe Gallagher Entertainment. There's so many extraordinary things to do at the zoo this summer. Start your journey to become a conservation superstar at Wildlife Rescue, a new eye-opening, inspiring exhibit that's on now. And the dinos are back. Walk the outdoor dinosaur trail and get up close to a T-Rex. Of course, there are also so many amazing animals to see, from axolotls to yaks. Buy your tickets online for a seamless entry. Open daily from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Visit assiniboinepark.ca for more info. 
Drew wanted a TV package his entire family would love. So he got Stack TV, a streaming service with 16 live TV channels and the hottest shows on demand. Now his wife streams Outlander live on W Network. His daughter binges alone on the History Channel and his son, Rubble and Crew, on Treehouse. There's something for everyone, even Fido, who can't stop licking the screen when Food Network's on. Stack TV, there's a stream for everyone. Try it free. Applicable membership required. Restrictions apply. Winnipeg Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. The postgame show brought to you by Olympic Building Center, where you build with confidence. 11.54 final minutes for us from Commonwealth Stadium after the Bombers win 38-29 over the Elks. Just before we go, uh, Christian, how is that? Not, why was that not a penalty on Coney Ely when Zach Kolaris was on the ground? O'Shea, Mike O'Shea said the officials told him, well, he didn't throw all his weight on him and he didn't hit him in the head. Well, congrats for not King Kong Bundy splashing him, but Coney Ely got Kolaris in the head. Like, I don't, I don't, I kind of don't get that one. Yeah, I, I guess the devil's advocate argument is Coney Ely's just a big, large dude and he just happened to land in the wrong spot, but. At the same time, you just can't land in the wrong spot. If you're, if you're Ely, it, it's a tough one for sure. It's 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 just such an unorthodox play, right? Where you've for got sure. a quarterback shoveling, diving headfirst forward, and you're you're a large man just coming that way, and it's it's just the kind of play you would never practice for, a kind of play that you don't see. And if you're a ref trying to officiate that play, it's you know you never see a roughing the passer penalty like that. So. The, the balance to overturn is obviously great, and the the, the burden of proof of inconclusive evidence, or you have to have conclusive evidence to overturn. I, I can see it from a bomber point of view. It obviously sucks because a big guy landed on your quarterback's head, and now he's hurt. So you'd like to not have to, A, give up the quarterback, and B, seven points, right? Yeah. If, if that gets overturned, it's seven points. Off the board, Drew Brown comes in at that point. But in the end, guess what? They don't have to be too fussed about it because they won the game. Yeah, and we certainly hope the best for Zach Kalaris. The Bombers will return to practice on Monday would be the best bet. They haven't said yet, but with a Friday game coming against Calgary, Monday would typically be their first day of practice. We will, of course, let you know. Uh, Christian, obviously, with the sports show, our afternoon sports, and you can follow me at DTNLB for all the latest from Bombers practice. The Stampeders are the next opponent for the Bombers. They play Saturday, so the Bombers come in with two extra days of rest for that game. Uh, seven and two after nine games. Uh, where, how do you feel like where the Bombers are at? Well, I think you got to like it because uh, going into this game, you would expect a win, right? It's all—it's not quite a free space on a bingo card, but it just about is in the CFL. And the, the way they got to it tonight, obviously unorthodox, unconventional, unforeseeable. But they got it done nonetheless. The best teams find ways to win games you don't think they're going to. And 7-2 and two going into next week, we expect perhaps BC will be as well. But we'll see what Calgary has to say about that on Saturday. Yeah, Calgary could do the Bombers a, a favor. Uh, don't call it a comeback. Yes, the Bombers down 22. The largest comeback for the Bombers since 1994. And they prevail in unlikely fashion against the Edmonton Elks. 38-29 is the final. For Christian and Ed Tate and Ted Wyman and Skylar Peters and Marissa Turton and all the gang, Greg Mackling, thank you so much for being with us for another tremendous edition of Blue Bombers Football. It's Princess Autos. Princess Auto Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. Just like Muhammad
The W, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and 680 CJOB. We're here for the Night Owls and the really early risers. Coming up tonight on The Shift with Shane Hewitt. This is the place to catch inspirational and insightful Canadian conversation that you cannot get anywhere else. What is it? If you've never heard it, find out what it is tonight. Don't miss The Shift.